Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey, and today the wonderful Miss Adrian is here. Hello. How are you feeling today, Adrian? I am feeling okay. <laughs> I feel like we couldn't even, it's just not a good idea to ask anybody how they're doing right now. It's a complicated question. It's a complicated, loaded question. Uh, there's just a lot of emotions going on, a lot of. Uh, reading up on the Constitution and looking at my old civics books and um, yeah, just learning a lot. Learning. (laughs) All right. Well, let's give you a little bit of a less complicated question. Tell me one, tell me one piece of social media content that you took in this week that brought you joy. Okay. Uh, Well, honestly, there is a TikTok that I posted the other day and it was a bunch of little ducklings and somebody was putting little flower hats on the ducklings <gasps> I saw as they were one. sleeping yes and there was a cute little song that went, went went with it and it was I am such a weirdo I'm like one of those people that the anything that's too cute it like repulses me if it's too cute I'm like oh god too much why is it so cute too much it's too much um but this was a lot of cute but I feel like maybe I needed it <laughs> You know, I think I saw like three or four people that I follow posting that same video. So you probably influenced them because that happens sometimes. (laughs) Yes. But I saw that that? duck video. You hear that duck video? People give me give me some money. Yeah, Adrian's influencer. (laughs) Amen. Okay, so today we are continuing our discussion on social media for good. And it's really important if we're going to be making any claims for a whole year long that we're focused on social media for good, we need to know what good actually means. So we've worked pretty hard at coming up with a list of things that we think would make social media good. Um, And we'd love feedback too. So we're going to give you our impressions of what social media for good really means. And then, you know, we'd love to hear back from you all about what your thoughts are too. Are you ready to jump into it? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. So number one is basically human connection. Okay. So when I wrote that bullet point out in, in long form, I said, social media for good would connect humans in varying sized groups to support and sustain each other. Um, You know, it's basically a mirrored reflection of how humans connect in real life, but online. Um, So how important is that in your opinion for uh, social media for good, that human connection element? Well, it's, I mean, it's it's extremely important, especially now when we don't have contact with all of our humans like we normally do. Uh, You know, we need to talk to people. Humans are social creatures. That's just how we are. So we need to be social. But I do think that, you know, having an awareness, like self-awareness for how you treat other people online versus how you treat people in real life is key, uh, especially when we are influenced and our rage is, you know, peaked 
um, you know, brought out by social media, by posts that people share. So, so I think that, you know, the human connection piece is huge. We can't connect with other humans when we're all in a state of rage. So personally, what I really try to do is practice like online diplomacy where mm. when, when I engage with somebody who's obviously upset or, you know, scared or, or argumentative, <laughs> I, I always treat them with respect. I never call them names. You know, I never insult their intelligence. Uh, you know, I try to provide as many sources as I possibly can. I never uh, leave the conversation after many people have told me, why are you still talking to that person? <laughs> I'm just like, well, they're going to keep on talking. I'm going to keep on talking until this uh, has resolved because that's how conversations work, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... So anyway, you know, it's very, it's intentional. And so it does take time. Like a lot of things in life, the things that end up turning out great are the things that take time. So, so yeah, that's, that's my answer for human connection. Just be patient. Um, Amber and I talked last week about the fact that connection is one of the biggest whys for social media too. And so one thing that we mentioned that I think is worth mentioning again here is when we are getting on social media, if we are reminding ourselves that the point is human connection, um, then that could change our perspective. Just like you said, you kind of have to prepare yourself when you go into, so it's just like walking into a room full of people, it right? Is, because yeah. it is a room full of people. It really is. So you have to dial back. You have to remember your why before you're entering that room. Um, I had an interesting experience this week. Um, Haley, my daughter got inspired to make some money, you know? And so she went through and found a bunch of stuff in her room that she didn't want anymore. And she decided she would put them up on Facebook. Facebook marketplace. So obviously she has to do that through my account. And she was so like entrepreneurial, you know, she priced everything. She took pictures. She uploaded every single one, like 20 of them to Facebook marketplace. And most of them were pretty in line, you know, but then she tried to sell two things of Play-Doh for $6, right? And I got a message and then there were some public comments that were like, this is such a ripoff. How does this person think that this is okay? And other people were like, did you look at the handwriting? Like, this is obviously a child. And they're like, it's not a child. I went and looked at her profile. She's a grown woman. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, what was that person's motivation to calling out the, the, the unbelievable price of this Play-Doh, right? Yeah. Was it their goal obviously wasn't social media for good. It obviously wasn't human connection. Mm -hmm. If maybe they could have dialed back and said, I am here to connect with other humans, they might have chosen a different way to address that ripoff of $6 yeah. Play-Doh. Yeah. I always think of it too in terms of it's, it's social media is kind of a mirror back to us. Uh, mm. You know, however you're feeling in the day, like if you're mad or anxious, uh, you're going to, you're going to come into social media with, with that attitude. Uh, I think it's really kind of funny. There's a few influencers that I follow. Uh, one of them is, they're all amazing. I only follow people that bring me joy and, and inspire me. Um, but there's one influencer who's a chef and she has stories, Instagram stories. And many times I'm compelled to answer her stories because she's so conversational and chatty and fun. And she never answers them because she has, I mean, like 300,000 followers. And, but I... I respond and in hopes that maybe someday she'll answer me, mm -hmm. but she probably won't. <laughs> Normally, all my comments are like, 
this is amazing or you know that's a great recipe I found this other one online I'll send her links I'll, I'll do fun nice things the one day I was having a bad day I got onto Instagram and I saw one of her stories and she is uh, redoing her house and she had posted a few options for for interior design and one piece of interior design was not to my taste at all and I wrote something it wasn't completely negative but it was a little bit snarky I I think I said something like you know uh goodness you're trying to go back to the 1960s or whatever I said Mm -hmm. something that was not 100% like positive it was a little snarky especially with somebody who's not my friend like I don't really know her like I could say that to a friend yeah but anyway she responded to me (gasps) and she said I can do whatever I want thank you very much and it was so funny to me that of all the positive messages that have gone passed over uh, deaf mm, ears interesting the one moment of weakness where I was feeling vulnerable and grumpy and I kind of was just being snarky to someone else some random stranger on the internet mm-hmm. that one time is the one time they saw it and answered and that makes me feel icky about myself you know so how interesting anyway that I I, I thought that was really funny um Mm -hmm. but it just goes to show you that you never know who's watching and when they're watching and you gotta be on your toes (laughs) you know it also that I know we gotta move on to the next point but it inspires in me also we work with some um companies that have fairly large community sizes you know and so what we find is that 90 percent of responses are positive to these larger communities that we're that we're working with. And what I find is often the uh, owners of those companies will hone in and focus on the 10% that's negative. Yep. And they want to spend all our time talking about the 10% that are negative. And I'm like, let it go. <laughs> you know, we need to focus on the positive. And it's interesting because of all the nice things that you said, the only time she responded was to something negative. And so you can kind of flip that mirror back there too and say, how come that's the only time she responded? Yeah, um, exactly. But interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is very interesting and it's wild. And, you know, it's kind of like when people say, um, you know, for waitresses or for cashiers, the store, people that you interact with in real life and, you know, I, you know, I, have such empathy for them because I've been I've worked that job before Mm -hmm. and sometimes those people have bad days too you know and sometimes they they can come off as not you know ding super happy Mm -hmm. all the time they still deserve your respect and uh tips (laughs) and you know and a little bit of grace so Mm -hmm. you know I should have in that my example I should have given a little bit of grace but it's it's just interesting kind of when you do put negative into the world or or snarky or or just something that's not a hundred percent yourself like you know it's interesting to see who notices (laughs) absolutely so let's move into the second point of what we consider would make social media good right social media for good if we're going to have good social media it should promote diversity inclusivity and equity okay so those are big words with with a lot of meaning behind them. And they're very important for social media to actually be a good landscape. So Adrian, how do we promote diversity, uh, inclusivity and equity as social media managers and as social media consumers? Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of funny because 
being social media marketing people, we are always telling people to figure out your personas, niche down, focus, you know, figure out who your target markets are, um, figure out what, who your persona is. And so that gets very, very, very specific really quickly. But there are ways of creating content that are for a specific people but is written in a way that is welcoming and inclusive to everyone. And when you make content that is inclusive to everyone, everyone benefits, basically. That, you know, it means that everyone feels welcome. You know, even though the message is written specifically for a certain demographic, that doesn't mean that someone else that's completely different doesn't feel welcome to also read it and consume that content. Yes. Uh, I, I kind of feel like it's it's a little bit of a... Uh, it is an interesting example. However, so snowboarding. I'm an avid snowboarder. I have been for since I was a little girl, so over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of that feeling when you want to be part of something. When you go to a snowboard shop, everyone working there is a 20-something boy, white mm-hmm. man boy. And they all talk to each other as if they know each other. They already have their lingo. Um, many times they'll, you know, people will use language that is a little a step higher than everyone else's because they know that it makes them sound smarter. Mm-hmm. When all it really does is alienate a bunch of people that want to join in on the fun, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, I just kind of feel like, you know, think about me. I'm a, I'm a able-bodied white woman that goes to snowboard shops, and I feel intimidated. What about somebody else who is completely different than me? they're going to feel even more intimidated and not welcome to go and enjoy those, uh, you know, go in and figure out this new hobby. So, but if, but if the the shop or the place is welcoming and, and even if the people there are, if they had a diverse uh, staff and they spoke in lay terms and they were welcoming and glad for people to be there, that doesn't take away from their expertise yeah. <laughs> at all. Right? It doesn't alienate their personas. It doesn't alienate the persona at all. So mm-hmm. so I think that just, I think that the, those words are such big words, like you said, Lacey, just, you know, from over the last, I mean, f- lots of history, but specifically now in 2020, 2021, those words are being thrown around a lot. And I think that people don't really know, can't put actions be- beside those words. They just know that they're really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw throughout the year, everyone make these these blanket statements when it was most trendy to do so um, about their feelings or thoughts on diversity, internal, external diversity in their company, in their communities, et cetera. Um, but none of that matters if that doesn't turn into consistent action. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that I think I have transitioned during this past year as I've become more awakened to the need for um, for greater diversity, inclusivity, and equity is I'm checking my own biases constantly. As I'm writing mm-hmm. a piece of content, as I'm uh, selecting a photo, I'm checking my biases. You know, am I just right? Would this make sense to people other than me, people who don't look like me, people who don't live where I live? Um and, and trying my best to just change my language in a way that I, th- I love the way you say welcoming. Um, you know, we're not having, it doesn't mean that you have to outrightly say, hey, people who don't look like me, you're welcome here too, um, because that's awkward, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and it doesn't make sense. Tokenism, yeah, exactly. exactly. It doesn't make sense at all. 
So just being more welcoming and more mindful about the type of content that you're putting out and who you're, who is going to feel welcome to the table that you're building. Um, a couple of things that I thought of that are real, almost technical strategies is in this, in this push for diversity, inclusivity, and equity is, um, let's talk about equity for a minute. So there are specific rules on Facebook ads and other social media ads that keep things equitable. If for instance, you are running ads for mortgage, homes, loans, um, basically those are the, those are the few things that they housing, anything around housing. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Housing loans, credit, et cetera. Those are regulated. Mm -hmm. But what I see people try to do is get around those regulations, right? Like, well, you know, we really do have a pretty targeted persona. We're, we're really selling these homes to these types of people. Is there something we can do to get it? No, there's not yeah. something we can do to get around that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. And many of those and many of those, I mean, if you're a social media manager and you're listening to this and anybody has ever asked you to do that sort of stuff, that is illegal and that could be. <laughs> that's uh, kind of serious if you, you know, are caught or, you know, you do it, you, you know, that's illegal. So uh, don't try to get around those things. They're there for a reason. Yeah. The other one that I was thinking of in regards to inclusivity specifically is um, ADA focused, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. if we have people with disabilities who are using social media, perhaps people who are blind, who use screen readers, et cetera, if we have the ability to add an alt tag to our photos, which we do on many platforms, then we probably should go ahead and do that. It's it's not yeah. something that internally at Spry we've ever focused on, but just having this conversation is inspiring me to maybe have us focus on that step a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I know exactly where on Instagram and LinkedIn, I don't know where on Facebook, but I know exactly where those functions are. Yep. Um, and it would be better for us if we were choosing to actually add those alt tags so that it could be more inclusive. And Definitely. so that's something I think I'll, I'll try to work on in my own practice too. Yeah. Another example of inclusivity being better for everyone is uh, our, our transcripts, our, you know, captions mm. on videos. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, how many times do we see a video posted? I've, I've been seeing it, co like, not constantly. It's, it's getting better because people are, are, you know, recognizing it. But, um, you know, when, when someone with a lot of followers posts a video and there's no captions on it and maybe it's a video about uh, an important topic, you'll always see somebody in the comments being like, can you – put comment or put captions on this and honestly like even for people who can hear or you know have the ability to hear captions are so now I love captions mm -hmm. I always re watch my videos captions so it's kind of it, it's a perfect example of, of like inclusivity it's not some big horrible thing that we're imposing on people it actually makes it better for everyone mm -hmm. that's a great point okay so I'm going to drop down into the next point that we're going to talk about so social media for good would encourage strong listening skills okay this is a big one <laughs> I see you rolling your eyes um, Amber at Spry talks uh, almost every day about, especially when there's turmoil happening in the world, what we see is that nobody's listening to each other, right? Yep. And so social media needs to inspire and encourage strong listening skills. How can that be accomplished in your opinion? 
I think that, again, like I said at the very beginning when we're talking about, when we're entering in so, into the social media realm, when you open up your phone, you open up your computer and you dive into social media, really being prepared to listen and understand that sometimes when people say something or post something, they're not really trying to communicate literally what that post or what they're writing is saying. They might be they might be saying something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they might be asking something else. They they might not even know what they're trying to communicate. They just know that this piece of content or, you know, th- this rant that uh, that I need to share right now is kind of feeding into my you know th- your immediate need for expression because you feel like you're not being listen to. Mm. So sometimes when people are really, you know, having a hard day or there's content on there, you're just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Sometimes it's just patience, patience, patience. I think patience. Mm, that's so true. Along with listening. I think patience is a part of listening. Patience. Yeah. Patience really is a part of listening. And sometimes, you know what? I'll go onto social media. A lot of people do this though. I think that you'll go and you'll just read and you won't comment or say anything, mm-hmm. but you just kind of listen and, and look and, and see the, uh, see what the sentiment is over a certain topic and you know and just kind of note it and then move on Um, for for businesses obviously that is a hugely important skill knowing what your audience is talking about um, problems with your products or you know just services that aren't working very well or you know working really well and it's going really great that's really awesome for listening but uh but you know honestly listening and especially when the comments are negative that can help you actually way more than positive comments it actually shows you some of the holes maybe that are missing or how things are being misinterpreted or how you maybe are incorrectly shaping the conversation that you're trying to have oh exactly and you know it's kind of one of those things where just take a step further out of it and in the realm of like digital like leadership like you know outside of of running brand accounts if you are online and engaging and you're seeing over and over and over people upset about a certain thing or or indignant about a certain topic uh you know many people were going on and on about first amendment rights and social media sure uh the legalities around social media platforms being able to do what they did this week um And to me, I didn't argue with any of those folks at all. I did not engage. I I watched, I listened, and I, in my brain, I'm like, huh, many people do not understand how social media is is structured uh, and actually and regulated and how the internet is actually structured and regulated. Like, you know, the, we have the Google machine and you put your, your, (laughs) (laughs) you put your websites in the Google machine and then it goes digital media law is something that people do not have a, a good grasp on and the only people that are telling them are memes or people talking heads on the media that aren't saying it in a court of law so they could really be saying anything they, who knows what they're saying so there's this like understanding and so so anyway i was like man maybe i should write a blog post about this mm-hmm. whole topic and then i can contribute to the conversation i've listened i've noticed people don't mm. understand this topic i will offer my knowledge and that is so much more useful and can be shared by the people that actually want to use it rather than arguing with individual people all over the place but adrian that, kind of, that takes yes. patience <laughs> 
<laughs> we have nothing else better to do, Lacey. We're stuck in our houses because COVID's still here. Well, that makes really good sense. We're often so triggered emotionally and we just want to say what comes out. But if we can develop that patience and make space between our feeling and our action, we're usually going to provide much more value right? Oh, for sure. Some things that I do to kind of encourage strong listening skills through social media is I will spend time on the platform or on the account or channel that I'm managing when I'm not posting something, right? So I'm not actually posting anything. I'm just going to scroll through the feed of the people who I'm following, or I'm going to go to my followers and start looking at their grid. And I'm going to just start looking at what kind of things they're all posting about right now dedicated time spent not to posting, not to promotion, nothing like that, but dedicated time looking at what my followers are doing and talking about before I create anything. Um, that's one skill as a social media manager that we can use to, to really develop content that's going to be valuable to people. Um, I think one big part of strong listening skills that we can encourage is how we moderate comment sections as social media managers too? Are we just blocking everybody we don't like the message from? Are we fighting uh, with them? Um, I, when, we, when I talk about this kind of moderation, I like to talk about nonviolent communication. There's a book called Nonviolent Communication that I would recommend every human being read. Um, I feel like it's a basis for my life. Uh, the main focus of it is um, getting clear on your and the person who you're talking to what their feelings, needs, and requests are. It sounds like you're feeling really frustrated because you need to feel secure in your life and this information is not helping you feel secure. You know, what is it, what is it that I can do to help you feel more secure? Are you asking for another resource? If so, here's a resource. Um, but then also doing it yourself, right? I'm feeling threatened because what you're saying here is it feels aggressive to me. I need to feel safe in my comment section. So could you please not use these types of words in the way that you're communicating back to me? Mm -hmm. Feelings, needs, requests. Um, yep. If we could moderate comment sections in that way, we might be able to produce more successful conversations instead of just arguments. Right. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I love that book. I need to read it. You'd love it. Um, the next bullet point on our list of things that would make social media good is social media should motivate positive action. So what do we mean by motivating positive action? Uh, what we mean by motivating positive action is, and not just, you know, positive action in the sense that, you you know, you send cookies to all your friends. I mean, no, that's it a great positive action. Right. It doesn't just mean like a <laughs> thumbs up positive. <laughs> no, it, it motivates you to do something. So when we, the concept of good, uh, we kind of talk about it as similar to the concept of, of love, you know, to love somebody that's part of an action. There has to be an action to be a good person. Person. You can't just be a good person because you're, you think you're a good person. Uh, there needs to be some sort of action. There needs to be some sort of like evidence <laughs> that you're a good person, you know, and evidence isn't uh, passivity at all. So to motivate positive action, we need to see, okay, you know, what are we actually doing? What are you doing to contribute good and uh, positive like leadership into the world? And when we talk about this, many people, I mean, I get overwhelmed. I'm just like, well, I, I, there's so many things that need to be fixed or changed. Uh, and the thing that I always kind of go back to 
is looking at yourself and seeing, okay, what are my strengths? What am I really good at? And then seeing where you can contribute those strengths to someone else, you know, in service to somebody else. Um, So that could be many things, many times what I do uh, during times of turmoil on social media is I will kind of go online and just see what misinformation, uh, are there any memes that are just concerning or troubling? I will see what my friends are sharing. I will see if they're from bots. I will kind of do a little bit of like a, my own little social media monitoring in my own community and just Mm -hmm. report. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll comment. I'll say, Hey, this source is from Russia. So maybe we should not consider sharing this or, um, you know, Hey, this, this, this statement is misleading. Can you please, uh, change it? So, so I, I do that in my own community. And so that, so for me, that's super basic, super basic, but it is a skill set that I have. And many, I've, I've had people come to me before and just say, hey, thank you for saying things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people don't, don't know. They don't want to cause waves or they're not sure how to say something or they're, you know, they, they feel something's wrong, but they're not exactly sure how to say it. And uh, so anyway, that that's that's my skill. But I have other skills that I could share, but. You do. That's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> I'll do a I'll do a whole podcast later in the year. Adrian's skills. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that I think about when we're talking about motivating positive action is, you know, people I think especially in the younger generations, like on TikTok and that kind of thing, social media has become this performative space mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you have to say certain things to be accepted. Um, and so everybody's willing to say these things online, but what are they actually doing in real life, right? How does these how do these messages that you're putting out on social media as an individual and also as a business, how do these messages that you're putting up online actually uh, translate into your actions? in the real Mm -hmm. world, right? Yep. So if you and I are talking on this podcast about diversity and then in our real life, we are not acting uh, in accordance with how we're communicating right now, then our actions are out of alignment, right? Yeah. And so so the social media that we are putting out um, should inspire people to change in their real life too, okay? To me, that's part of, of this motivating positive action is really moving people from the digital space to actually be impacting their actions in real life and their thought processes in real life. Um, exactly. You know, I, let's toot Lacey's own horn. If you get to talk about your skills, I'll talk about mine. Um, (laughs) I do these little micro meditations on my social media, on my Instagram stories specifically. And it's the one thing where, where I get consistent positive feedback. And it's a, it's the mm-hmm. one campaign, if you will, that I've done for, I don't know, maybe 18 months or so now. Yeah. Um, and I get people sending me a message. Thank you. You know, I always appreciate these reminders to breathe, you know? Yeah. So I take this one big breath on an Instagram story and what is it doing? It's inspiring people in their real life with their real lungs, um, mm-hmm. to take one deep breath too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just a little way. If we're doing something can inspire actual action in real life, then that's yep. us using social media for good. Yeah, exactly. 
No, I love it. Okay, so let's transition into a real hot button topic, okay? Um, let's talk about truth. Yes. So social media for good. If you're going to have good social media, it needs to be true, right? <laughs> yeah, so it does. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. How do we make sure that... Um, that we are working as social media managers and as individuals to having content online that is truthful and being able to have confidence in the truthfulness of the content that we're taking in. Do you have the answer to that question, Adrian? Well, from a brand perspective, yeah. If you can look into somebody's eyes and say, does this product do this thing that you say that it does? And you say yes, and and then we can talk about that. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you never want to get caught in the position where you have to backpedal Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. explain away or make excuses that something wasn't done or didn't perform or, you know, the way you thought it, the way you sold it. So there's a very fine line between selling things and being truthful. Ultimately, with social media, truth always wins because people are going to find out. People are going to find out no matter what that if if you've hidden something. That is the the beauty of social media that people will find out eventually if you are being obscuring the truth about your own brand. So for branding, I mean, it's kind of like this um, innate skill that humans have to to see when people, somebody's not being truthful, there's those brands that, and I can't think of any right now off the top, off the top of my head, but um, the brands that aren't being truthful or scammy, or maybe they're they're too positive or they're too, they're too one thing, and then you find out years later that actually maybe they were embezzling money or mm-hmm. th- there's something sketchy about them. Your gut will always know, and I think that that is the, that is the truth. So... So your gut will always know, and as a social media manager, it's just imperative to, you know, even if you're working for a company that's not being truthful or wants to hide things that are that are not great, uh, you, it's okay to not work for those people. Fire you can, them. You can fire them. You you have control over who you work for. Uh, it's not. It's you know. It's not worth it. <laughs> Do you remember, Adrian, um, one of the biggest companies that we fired recently, uh, they had not been doing much social media before we came Mm -hmm. on board. And within the first week that we started posting, the first content interactions that we got were from an unhappy customer. And that was like one of our first signs. We were like, oh, no, (laughs) you know, and just like you said, it'll come out, right? Um, It will come out. So I like that from a brand perspective, we just have to be honest, right? Exactly like you said, you have to be able to look into somebody's eye and say, say out loud what you're claiming in your content Mm -hmm. and feel good inside your guts. (laughs) Yep. You know, I don't know how that gut magic works, but it does. It does. Um, Yeah. I wish we could title this episode gut magic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then and then from a personal perspective and an individual perspective, when we're talking about content and and promoting truth, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's so mindful that we're checking our sources. Yes. You know, that's I put out a piece of content this week with everything going on, just reminding people that whenever there is a large trauma that's happening Mm -hmm. or a big event that's pulling everybody's attention in one direction, it's actually super easy to manipulate people. So easy. Social Mm -hmm. media managers can take advantage of the emotion that you're feeling and give you a piece of content that triggers that emotion, but that is twisted in some way Mm -hmm. um, to get you to take an action that you might not have otherwise taken. Mm -hmm. 
So that is a piece that I think is very important as individuals is that when we are triggered emotionally and really before we share anything, we need to be mindful of the sources that yeah. is the sources that are putting out the content that we're engaging with. And I mean, if you, I mean, checking out journalism schools, looking at different types of media, you know, whether or not you think one types of media skews one way or the other, you know, go to the New York Times, Seattle Times, Wall Street Journal, uh, go to many different sources, read everything that they have to offer. Lacey, you probably did the same thing because you went to communication school. In communication school, they make you read four newspapers every single day from cover to cover. Yes. From different sources. Mm-hmm. And that takes so much time. I just want a sound bite <laughs> delivered to me. No. What you have to do is you have to, to, to drive that objectivity is you read a lot um, of, of angles from different stories and then you can start to see that kernel of truth and if you are seeing something that is so perfect that is so mm. um ah, gotcha it's too good to be true and you know what a perfect example of this uh lacy is actually the hashtag no fly list mm. um during the uh trump donald trump um the, the, the riots at the capitol and after the capitol there were uh, there's a no-fly list where people are being not allowed to come onto airplanes. Uh, so however the government's taking care of that, how, whatever. There is a series of videos out there, viral videos of people videoing people getting dragged off airplanes. Now, some of them are true, but some of them are actually from months ago. They're actually people who were anti-maskers that were arrested for whatever behavior at airlines, and they were shouting expletives and being very, behaving very poorly. However, the, the behavior was congruent with the behavior at the riots. And so people saw some of these videos and thought, oh, that must have happened just yesterday. And mm-hmm. if you didn't look and stop and see that actually some of those videos were just actually from a couple months ago you're not you know it fits too well and too easily the problem with social media is that some of those are true so it's like it's like one of those things where listen have patience consume it think about it dive in and and see if anybody else can confer confirm or deny it who is from um you know the press and and the problem the problem with that too is that any of this content that we then engage with in influences the algorithm and the algorithm then will show us content from those same uh, creators exactly, um, or in those same topics. Yeah. And so if we're not mindful, even before we engage, especially share, um, but even before we engage and like, like, or comment on that piece of content, it's just one super simple thing you can do to inspire more truth on social media mm-hmm. is before you engage or share, click on the profile mm-hmm. of the creator of that piece of content, analyze whether they look legitimate, you know, do they have a balanced amount of followers and following? How long has their account been active for? Um, yep. Those things are going to save you from being consistently manipulated down the line because of the engagement that you take when you're triggered emotionally. Exactly. Okay. So the last point on our list is um, social media for good should inspire balance and good boundaries for device use. Yes. Okay, this is something that we've talked about at Spry for a long time. It's it's how do you manage your own relationship with social media and with the devices that you use social media on? Obviously, it's addictive. Okay, <laughs> there 
most of the people on the earth right now that have a, have a smartphone are addicted to said smartphone and are addicted to the dopamine hits that come from viewing content mm-hmm. that has these short pleasure uh, generators, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. And so good social media should not pull people in and get them to watch for as long as possible um, because that continues that addiction. Good social media should create more balance with people's relationship. It should not drone on and push you to the next piece of content and the next piece of content. I'm not sure exactly how to accomplish that from a social media perspective other than just just doing it ourselves, you know, just yep. promoting that behavior and talking about that behavior more. Yeah, sharing with other people how we, how we, what we do, you know. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as uh, unfollowing an account that you might really, really love but you spend too much time on. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I'm so hesitant to get onto TikTok because so many people are like, it's so addictive and it's awesome. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm sure it's awesome, but I don't need to waste more time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know in my heart when I get to the point that, or in my gut, right? I know when I've watched so many Instagram stories that I'm just tapping that button. And I even sometimes say to myself in my own head, like, you are not getting anything out of this right now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so we've got to be able to work on our own skills of of managing that. I'd also love to see if I were in charge of everything, which I love to dream about sometimes, um, you know, I would have some sort of thing programmed into these platforms that's like, you know, if you've clicked the right button, you know, the next button for Instagram stories, or if you've scrolled up on TikTok uh, 12 times in a row, mm-hmm. a little thing pops up that says, you know, are you still enjoying your experience? Um, <laughs> you know, maybe take a break. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of the same way my Apple Watch does when it's like, it's time to stand, Lacey. <laughs> and I'm right. like, get yeah. away. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, I think that one really good way of of balancing social media is every, you know, we've talked about before, but auditing what you follow, Mm. you know, um, even though there are some great, great content creators out there, sometimes just unfollowing people and just clearing them out, be like, hey, I'll find you again someday, but I just, I need some new content, refresh, unfollow get gone. I do that every, every, I, I kind of go through things and, um, and, and, but, but that's the part of being balanced is kind of being intentional and keeping track of what you are consuming because, you know, if you don't do that, then it consumes you. Um, since we can't get social media platforms to do this for us, I just want you to imagine our voices in your mind when you're about to open up a social media app. I want your, you to hear my and Adrian's voice saying, remember why you're opening this app? You are opening this app to connect with humans and to learn yes. and express yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and once exactly. you've been on for 30 minutes, I want you to imagine our voices saying, do you need a drink of water or a snack? <laughs> now might be yeah. a good time. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love this idea. Okay, so that wraps up our discussion on, from our perspective, what we think good means in regards to social media for good. Um, if you have any other ideas or you think we missed something or we're wrong about something, we'd love to hear about that in either our Facebook group or um, in our Instagram DMs. Um, but I always like to wrap. This year, I'm going to wrap up 
our podcast episodes with a new question. And that question is, uh, Adrian, how is your relationship with social media right now? My relationship with social media is not great because of all the current events right now going on. I find myself wanting more news. And that's one thing that social media is like it's great for it's great during a national emergency slash uh, weather event slash um, you know anything any emergency uh, I follow all the, the the DOTs in my area I follow all the firefighter you know the fire departments I, I kind of like knowing what's happening um, especially if you have to drive anywhere or uh, just just knowing what's going on especially an emergency response. So for this week, you know, January, we're in January 12th right now, uh, I just kind of am, I just want to know more because it's just such a kind of historical uh, event that's going on. And what I'm finding, what I was just telling myself in my brain as we were talking, it was that realizing social media isn't the place for news. Mm. Social media is the place to talk to people and to connect with them about, you know, the good things, right? I need to be getting my news. I need to, you know, log into my uh, subscriptions online for my newspapers. And once I've read their, their front page, just that's it. Close it and wait for tomorrow because there will be more things tomorrow. But, you know, the up-to-date kind of – I think that's that's the thing about, like, Twitter where there, when there is – there's just stuff happening – and for every, like, 100 tweets, there's, like, one tweet that actually has, like, a kernel of new information. And mm-hmm. people start talking about it and talking and talking and talking. But they don't really – there's nothing new. There's no right. new things. There's and no so, news. No, yeah, there's no news. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I, I have been stuck a little bit in a hole this week, I feel. Well, ever since last Wednesday. But I – have recognized actually today I, I did recognize I'm like I need to stop <laughs> search, searching for more news that doesn't exist it doesn't exist yet so I well, need to stop if you remember our last podcast of 2020 Seth said he had the solution for social media being a good place and it was that there should be no news allowed on social media so look at you you're just following exactly his uh yeah <laughs> his advice there his prescription yeah exactly I love it I technically, I don't know how that would work, but I love that. I mean, I don't mind commentary on news, like like blogs and being like, this is my experience of, of what happened and I was physically there and talking about it, but packaging up breaking news and stuff that I'm just like, man, I, I can't, I need to get off the internet. Well, that's so, wise. I think that's yeah. a really good analysis of your own relationship and why, and, and I totally support that. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, if you have any feedback and you want to um, just collaborate and talk to us more, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on our website, thinkspry.com. You can find us on any of the social media channels at thinkspry. Um, And we would love to hear from you. Uh, Specifically, we'd love to invite you also into the Spry Space Facebook group. That's where we get to have the most kind of personal discussion with people and we're often talking about like great pieces of content that we see regularly and some of our good wins as social media managers so it's a really fun place if um, you're managing social media and need a little bit more community definitely okay well I appreciate your time so much Adrian Um, I'm hungry I'm ready to go get 
some french fries i think yep yep i need to go make dinner as well all right well thank you to everybody else who came and listened and we hope that you're having a wonderful day and as always we hope that you keep learning we will talk to you soon bye bye (laughs) 